Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, every Thursday here on Lunchtime Live, we bring in one of the experts out there to give you free advice. And today is the turn of motoring expert Geraldine Herbert, who's with me in studio. Geraldine, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Andrea. 53106 is the number if you have a question for Geraldine today, or you can call us 1800 453106. That's what John did. He's on the line. John, what's your question for Geraldine? Just a quick one there. <clears throat> the MG Electric Car, do they any good? Now, one second, uh, John. I'm just going to turn up the um, the volume here at our end. I'd say hang on there, and I'm going to get you to repeat that. Just repeat that question for me again, John. Sorry, is the, the MG Electric Cars, are they any good? The MG Electric Cars, thoughts? Yeah, John, they are really good. I mean, they come in with a range of about, as far as I know, around the kind of 400 kilometre mark. Now, again, that's always dependent on your style of driving and a whole host of other things. But that's what, you know, technically you can get from them. There's an estate um, on offer and they also have a five-door or a five-seat SUV. And they're really, really well priced. I think they start off around 29 up to about 32, 33. So in comparison to other electric cars, they're very well priced. The range is good and I've heard nothing bad about them. I've driven both of them myself. So, yeah, I definitely recommend them. Them. The only problem at the moment is if you're looking at buying something in the next while, there's a very, very long wait for electric cars at the moment. That's not just MG, that's everything. I was in actually one of the MGs, John, recently, just um, just got a taxi to the airport mm-hmm. and it was the MG SUV taxi yeah. thing. Yeah, and it's a lovely car. You're, yeah. con- you're considering buying, John? Looking around at what EV to go for and they seem to be the best value all around. Yeah, definitely really good value, John. But test drive them, test drive others as well. There's a lot in that price range at the moment. There's more and more coming on stream. As I said, the only issue is you could be waiting quite a while for one. Okay, John, okay. Th- thanks a million, John, for your query today. 1800 453 106 if you want to join us. Geraldine, are all of the electrics automatic? Yeah. They are. They all are. So if you're buying an electric car, you're getting, you're going automatic. It's funny because we see that huge shift at the moment because hybrid are as well. So all of those are electric cars. So like automatic used to be something that made up about 15% of yeah. new cars sold. Slowly but surely we see that tip into the 50% mark. And eventually, obviously, with the 2030 ban, we're going to see all cars being, you know, you just won't be able to buy mm-hmm. after 2030, you won't be able to buy a manual car. So it's a big question mark for people learning to drive. Would I bother learning to drive with gears and a manual yeah. when I could go straight to an automatic? I to do I have the loan of a car at the moment that's in an, um, an automatic and it's um, I had to do a long journey a long drive um, the other day and I was in the car for about five hours up and down and it was um, like it, the difference in driving an automatic I have to say my preference is the manual though I love a manual car in terms of the control you have. You just yeah. have so much, especially in bad weather and snow yeah, and stuff, you have so much yeah. more control. But having said that, for long journeys and bumper to bumper journeys like congested traffic, just taking your foot off and just letting the car do it, there's a lot to be said for automatics, I yeah. have to say. So there I'm kind go. of, the, school, the jury's out on which one I'd actually prefer. This texter says, if I'm getting a car in higher purchase, is a deposit? is it a deposit and monthly payments? What's Geraldine's thoughts? Is it a bad idea? Yeah, I mean, HP is a good idea if it suits your circumstances. I mean, the thing about it is you do need a deposit and the deposit is usually quite hefty. And then you have the repayments are usually over five years and at the end of it, you own the car. Now, that's where the difference between PCP and higher purchases with PCP is a form of higher purchase. With higher purchase, the aim is to own the car at the end. With PCP, you have the option. So it's the same idea. You pay a deposit, you pay monthly payments. But with a PCP, you have the choice to whether or not walk away or to buy the 
car with HP you do but you have then that balloon payment yeah but is the difference then with the PCP Geraldine not that like it depends I've heard these stories of people that go back to the garage and they're told that oh the wear and tear has devalued the car by X amount and are you better with higher purchase then there really is no difference because one is the form of the other with both of them the big thing is you have to preserve the value in them so you have to get them properly serviced you have to look after them if you have an accident there might be an issue with that because it's not going to be valued at what so with PCP as well there's very strict mileage limitations yeah. on it for that reason it's all about the garage basically owns the car you're using it and they're trying to preserve the value in it but it does it suits a lot of people like if you don't want to own a car and you don't want the bother of depreciation and something you yeah. know but well, that's it, like me like I've no interest in being, being the owner of a car and I don't do a huge amount of mileage. So you just want the use of a car. So PCP yeah. is perfect for that. The other thing I would say for people who don't want to go electric at the moment and have to buy petrol or diesel for whatever reason, you know, you don't have to worry about the depreciation and what that car is going to be worth in three years' time. And if I was buying petrol or diesel, that would be my biggest concern. What taxes are mm. going to come in on top of them? How bad is it going to be to be driving fossil fueled cars in three years' time? So if you're buying one of those, a PCP, you, the dealer worries about that issue. You just have to you use the car. To. And once they agree a monthly payment with you now, regardless of what happens in two, three years' time, that's your monthly payment over so the course of that So even inflation and all of this, doesn't have whatever an the payment, so that's it. If you can right. pay for it now and you know you have the same job and the same circumstance over the next few years it's a good idea from that point of view I might be the candidate for PCP See I keep talking into it how many times have I been in now and we still have yeah, resolved to prioritise between refurbishments of a bathroom and a car Geraldine unfortunately something's got to give 1800 453 106 is the number if you want to get in touch with us in the programme This uh, Noreen's wondering about whether an electric car can be fitted with a hitch in order to carry two electric bikes Noreen is very good on electric EVs. bikes as in so it's, it's something she, on the roof yeah or? she wants a, a hitch uh, some in order to carry two electric bikes on the electric car. Well, okay, yeah. there'd be no issue putting roof racks or anything. There'd be no issue towing yeah. either tow if you wanted to tow. Now, only certain electric cars tow and I have yet to discover what that impact has oh, on the range. Right. I, I would imagine it does. There are, it's, it is more and more common that you can, but like not all cars can tow either. So for the same reason, you know, you'd have to be careful. But I mean, in terms of if you're carrying a bike on the roof, which a lot of people do, or, you know, attach them to the back of the car, there wouldn't be any issue with that. I wonder is Noreen's query, will the carrying of the bikes, and I presume the electric bikes are going to be heavier, if you were to throw them up onto the roof is that going to presume that that'll affect the, the range it will in the same way as weight affects fuel in a car as well fuel consumption one of the big tips at the moment if you want to conserve your fuel and loads of people do um, is take any extra weight out of your car including car seats kiddies car seats if you're not using them on a daily basis but the same thing with electric cars if you add weight to the car you're going to decrease the range um, 1800 453 Noreen if you are still listening and you want to ring in to clarify that please do so this listener Geraldine says I got rid of my two cars because I wasn't um, using it that much. We do have a work vehicle. I know my uh, no claims bonus last for the last two years and it's run out in November. Is there any way of keeping it without having to buy a car to get insured? It's worth a significant amount of money. Is it worth a significant amount of money? Um, your no claims bonus is, but as far as I know, once you let insurance go it's gone. You know, you'd have to have, you have to have a continuous policy to hold on to a no claims bonus. Now, I'd certainly check it with the insurance company as to what the situation is. But as far as I know, that's the unfortunate thing. If you don't now they might give you credit for it. If it, you know, if a year in between and you went back you and said, I did have a no claims bonus a at a certain time. Anyway, I think yeah, but if, if, if you don't drive for like for a long time and then you go back and say, but I did have a no claims bonus from this month to this month, I, from this year to this year, I don't know if they'll give you credit for it. I think it depends on the insurance company. Michael is with us on the line. Michael, what's your question for Geraldine today? Yes, my question is how much approximately does it cost in money terms to fill an average electric uh, car 
at a fast charger. No one has told me this. Okay, at a, like an ESP fast charger. Yeah. Okay, Just so in, in money terms. Okay, so generally it's about if you're charging at home, right? Say you had something like a Hyundai yeah. Kona and it does 450 kilometers. If you charge that on the night rate at home, it costs less right. than seven euros. The electric fast chargers and the public infrastructure cost three times that. So roughly, and this is very rough now. It would depend on the car. It'll yeah. cost you about twenty-one euros. Yeah, which is probably. And it would have a range of, what, 300 kilometres? About 450. But bear in mind a few things, right? Nobody yeah. but nobody, as that I know, charges from zero to 100% on a fast charger and the public network. Right. Most people charge either at home or in work where you're getting that reduced rate. The, the actual public network is really only for people to, to, you know, who just need an extra 50 kilometres or 60 kilometres to get home. So they really are just to stop off and to top up. So as I said, nobody charges the full amount to the public charging network. And I would genuinely advise no one at this stage with the, the charging network to buy an electric car unless you have access to a home charger or a work charger because you really don't want to be paying those prices and you really do not want to be depending on the public charging network in case, you know, for, for your full 100% charging. Yeah, so a long range uh, electric car for, is not really viable. Well, no, a long range electric car, I mean, like, as I said, the COVID I mean, I mean the, to, to charge <laughs> at, at home. <laughs> Oh no, you t- charging at home is, is very cheap. Yeah. As I said, you'll get 450 yeah. kilometres for €7. Euros. You won't get yeah. anywhere near that in petrol or diesel at, at the fueling pumps at the moment. Yeah. But as I said, to really avail of those prices, you need a home charger. Need home charger. So that's, right. you need a driveway, you need access. Michael, thanks oh. a million. For Thank get- you. Yeah, cheers. Thanks a million, Michael, for getting in touch. 1800 453 106. Carl is on line two. Carl, what's your question for Geraldine? Yeah, hi, folks. I was just wondering, at Geraldine, your opinion on the price of second-hand cars. Um, I was just, I, I've been flabbergasted over the last number of months to see that the car that I own, which is kind of five years old now, I bought it new, but it's actually, it's, it's not only holding its own, it's going up in value. I'm just wondering what, what the, what's the reason for that. Yeah, there's there's something very crazy going on with a, with a, a second-hand prices mm. at the moment because we're traditionally we know that the car in your driveway is losing money. It's certainly not gaining money. So basically, at the moment, there's an issue of there's a lack of supply of second-hand cars. A lot of that is to do with Brexit because it's more expensive now to bring in and import a car. And imported cars were quite a, a substantial amount of our second-hand um, fleet. The second thing, obviously, there's a delay with new cars, so people are holding on to their cars a bit longer. So all of these are conspiring to make second-hand prices really, really high. The the only thing I would say, it looks like I would predict that they are actually going to come down or at least stabilise quite soon because the UK market has cooled a lot, the second-hand car market has, and it's mainly due to the fact that the cost of living is going so high. People, the demand for cars is coming down just in accordance with that. So it's not that the supply has been sorted, but the demand is falling. I would imagine the demand will fall here as well because running a car is becoming so expensive and everything is becoming so expensive that cars are just going to become something that people you know, will put off till next year. So I would imagine if you're considering buying certainly a second Second-hand car, I'd hold out for another few months. I do see the prices okay. coming down. Well, just, uh, uh, Carl, thanks a million for getting in touch with us. 1800 106. Just to pick up, Geraldine, on, on, on Carl's question there. Um, there is a text in from another listener who says, I'm moving abroad uh, next month for a year. I have a three-year-old second-hand car, but I want to actually sell it privately. Has Geraldine any advice? 
to be honest, it's a lot of hassle to sell privately because you're going to have a lot of, you know, these tyre kickers who come along and just look at the car and have no intentions of buying. You'd nearly be better off go to a garage and take the, the, the lower price, but the ease and convenience of it, to be honest. And they will get you the best no, price No, sorry, for the, it. this person says they've actually bought a new car abroad where they're moving to. So they, right. they don't need a trade-in. But can, you can just go up to the garage and just, yeah, yeah just want to sell my car. Especially a three-year-old, they'll bite your hand off for it because they are so short of second-hand cars at the moment. And honestly, I mean, you can sell privately. You might make an extra bit of money, but it's an awful lot of hassle. Mm. And then you have the risk of that, you you know, that somebody might give you a dud bank draft or something. You know, you have to be really careful about how you take money for cars as well. So there's a lot of hassle involved with it. Right. And you're meeting strangers as well. You know, you, how do you arrange whether they should have a test drive or not? Like, there's, a, I would honestly say, just go to a dealership and say, or that garage, and just say, listen, will you sell this for me? Jane is with us. Jane, what's your question for Geraldine? Hi. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, it is I'm looking at buying a, a new car, a second-hand car, and actually, I'm just kind of wondering about are hybrids still? Are they actually really worth it? Because a lot of the reviews I, that I've actually heard about are are kind of saying, well, do you know something? They switch to the petrol engine very quickly at a very low speed so actually you're not really saving that much they're not really worth their money just yet it depends what sort of driving do you do normally is it a lot of motorway commuting is it short distances what sort of driving do you generally do mostly it's about the city so it's kind of short distances. Yeah, then the hybrids would work out quite well for you because they're really, really good on those low speeds. And, you know, if you're in city centre traffic or you're in congestion or anything like that, where they really lose out is once you go on a motorway, they switch over to, they're predominantly petrol. And there are a few um, diesel hybrids, but they're predominantly petrol. So once they switch over to that petrol engine, that's where you start to, you know, they're not that economical. But definitely if you're doing short trips, they can work out much, much better, certainly than a petrol car anyway. Right. And do they keep their value as much? You know, they're usually kind of, you know, the other cars are considered, a, you know, a really bad investment. They just depreciate as soon as they leave the garage. What about, you know, hybrid cars? Well, to be honest, my, I, as I said earlier, my worry in terms of depreciation would be petrol and diesel. Petrol and diesel are going to fall out of favour much quicker than hybrids or electric cars or plug-in hybrids because of that looming 2030 ban. And the sooner, we, you know, the closer we get to that ban, the more it's going, to be, it's going to become more expensive to run petrol and diesel. So anything that's an alternative. The only thing I would say, if remember, if you're buying hybrid as opposed to plug-in hybrid or electric, they are part of the 2030 ban as well. So you need to keep are that in mind. Yeah. yeah, Hybrids will be. Plug-in hybrids won't be because they're technically electric. Electric cars, obviously pure electric cars won't be, but actual hybrids where you don't do anything, you don't plug them in, you don't do anything, the engine does the work of switching mm. over at low speeds, they are part of the 2030 ban. So, so just selling that, that on mind, post 2030 is could be an issue. The same as right. petrol and diesel, yeah. Okay, Jane, I hope that helps in some way. Thanks for that. Yeah, cheers, thanks no for your question. Um, 1800-453-106. Siobhan is with us too. Siobhan, what is your question? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, I am driving a Peugeot seven-seater and it's diesel and I'd like to switch to an all-electric but there don't seem to be any kind of reasonably priced seven-seaters on the market in all-electric. Um, I was told it would be another two years before Peugeot have one and I'm just wondering is there anything else coming along in the meantime? Yeah, um, Citroen, ha- actually Peugeot have an e-rifter. Have you seen that one? It's like a van but it's actually a passenger car. I haven't. Yeah, it's advertised. Now, I need. To, I would need to check exactly what the story is with it. There's a price on the website, on the Peugeot website for 30, 31,000, I think it is. But then when you go into the price list, it's not on it because I actually was only looking at it the other day. So I would definitely ask Peugeot what the story is with that. It is available. It's certainly available in the UK. I don't see why it's not available here. So that's an option in terms of like literally going from one Peugeot to another. Mm. Um, then it's, it's really hard to kind of find reasonably cheap ones. Citroën do the e-space tour, but it's huge now. I think it's nearly 
nearly an eight seater. Um, and that's about 42,000. Um, th- there's Mercedes, there's obviously, um, there's Tesla. Opel do a combo again, which is basically a van based thing. So your options are kind of like these very expensive SUVs are these MPV stroke van passenger cars. But, you know, it is getting better. But definitely I talked to the pu- to your local Peugeot garage about that e-rifter because it is available. And as I said, if you check their website, it's on the prices there for 30,000. But as I said, when I went to look further on the website, there wasn't much more information. And it's one of these things I keep meaning to chase up. But if you talk to them, they should be able to guide you because that would definitely be an option for you. Fantastic, thank you. Cheers, no thanks problem. a million, thanks a million, Siobhan. Um, Aoife is with us as well. Aoife, what's your query for Geraldine? Um, hi there, Andrea. Um, I'm definitely going electric and I just wanted to ask Geraldine, what was the best way to charge an electric car? Let's say that I do 20 or 30 kilometres a day, should I plug it in that night and just have it fully charged all the time? Or does that damage the battery? Yeah, a bit like mobile phones. You know the way they say you shouldn't actually be charging them constantly. It's the same sort of thing. So... I would like, personally, I would just charge it maybe once or twice a week, to be honest. And like, you know, if if you know that your circumstances are not going to change, so you're not going to panic by leaving it run down for a few days, I would just, as I said, charge it maybe once a week or whatever. But I wouldn't be like, charging it every night if you don't have to. Okay. Uh, I have another little question. Um, is there an extra €2,000 going on electric cars in August? No. Where did you hear that? Uh, dealer. Really? Yeah. Yeah, no, I've heard nothing. Now, having said that, I mean, everything is going up in in price at the moment. Electric cars, the problem, the issue at the moment is the Ukraine crisis means there's parts that are harder to source. So, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if the prices went up, but I have certainly heard of nothing like, oh, Mm -hmm. 2000 is going to go on electric cars. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too concerned about that. As I said already, my big concern would be if you're looking for an electric car is actually getting it this year rather than next year. But I've heard nothing that the price is going to go up that substantial. Okay. Cheers, Aoife. Thanks a million. 1800 453 106. Owen has texted in, Geraldine. He says, is there an electric car charger setup available for those who don't have a driveway or front garden? Uh, yeah, this is the problem at the moment. In terms of like, basically, there's grants being given to local authorities to actually come up with innovative ways for people like that. And there's grants now for apartment dwellers, as in for, for the apartment owners and the apartment dwellers. But... There isn't really a system at the moment that is a solution if you're, you know, in a terraced house or something and you don't have access to a driveway. So it is going to take a bit more creative solutions and there isn't because obviously you don't want to be running cables across a footpath. You know, that's not that's not ideal at the moment. So there isn't really a couple of texts on this as well. Sandra's wondering, she says she's got a Volkswagen Golf. I'm under the PCP arrangement um, for three years. On the July 1st, I'm due to take the settlement, which is over €11,000. I don't want to have to take out a loan. I'm selling my house at the minute. Is there any way they might have more flexible options without penalties if Geraldine has any suggestions? Sorry, what does she mean? Is the end of the contract? It in, must be, yeah. yeah. She July. says she's under the PCP arrangement for three years. And on July 1st, I'm due to take the settlement, which is over 11000 I don't want to take out a loan. She must mean she's to pay the 11000 to buy it out. Is that what she means? Yeah, I mean, she could just roll over to another PCP, but she'll still need some sort of a deposit. deposit. And I think if you don't do either, you just walk away then. You don't, and you might lose. You see, if if they say the car's going to be worth 11000 if she comes back now and the car's worth 12000 she can take that 1000 and use it towards the next deposit, but she'll probably still find that she has to add something to it. So it it just, it might be more economical to just roll over to the, another PCP because you'll need less of a deposit than actually, you know, 
having to find the money for the balloon payment. This texter, I'm looking to buy a new car in January and hoping it'll do me for the next 10 years. I currently have a company car but won't have it next year. I'm a civil engineer, drive all around the Munster area, two kids, we're currently in a two-seater um, for crash and school drop-offs, etc. We're also hoping in the next few years to invest in a caravan for holidays. Am I mad mm. to invest in a big Jeep? Or what would be something that Geraldine might recommend that would be also uh, worth looking at? I'm currently driving, excuse me, a land cruiser am I mad to maybe invest in it hybrid and electric just isn't an option for me with work and potential towing capabilities yeah it's a difficult one because the problem is if you're looking at something there's 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 really nothing if you do a very long distance and you're looking for something like that in electric because you know somebody like that who's on the road constantly can't be pulling over at the side of the road and hoping that they'll get a charge for 30 minutes or whatever so if you're looking at something like that I would look look if you're going to keep it for 10 years, depreciation's not a big consideration because you're going to get mm. the full value out of it. So I'd look more at getting the best value for my money now rather than worrying about should I go this, should I go the other? I'd look at what car suits me and my family and what's the best value for me now. And I wouldn't be looking at um, electric or hybrid at the moment if that's the case because yeah. as I said, if you're going to keep it for 10 years, you're not worried about the resale value. So get what what works for you. This texter has an interesting non-electric question. Why do new cars not have spare tyres anymore? weight saving um, one of the biggest things that has become the obsession of car companies for all sorts of reasons and mainly because of the EU regulations is to keep emissions down and keep fuel economy up and the only way you can do that is take as much weight out of a car as possible so you'll see loads of car parts now have like have been replaced with the lightest materials and one of the sacrifices for all of that has been the spare tyre because spare tyres add weight to a car and if but you just put in it, you, you... you get one of those little kits which are a bloody nightmare to use if you get stuck trying to blow up a tyre or whatever with one of those. You call but roadside assist, Geraldine. Yeah, that's, that's it. What but I th- do. That is the answer. It's all to do with weight. Yeah. Uh, Anita's with us as well. Anita, what's your question? Hi. Um, I currently have a Toyota RAV4 which is uh, very high in tax. And um, at the weekends I tow a horse and a horse box. And if I was to change my Jeep, I can't find any electric vehicle or hybrid that's rated to tow. I'm just wondering, do you know anything? There's just a little difficulty with your your line there, Anita. Am I right in saying that you're looking for an electric car um, that can tow a horse box? Is that right? Yeah, and you have a RAV4 ra- yeah. at the moment, the RAV4. Yeah, so it needs to be rated to tow a horse and a horse box. And are you looking for fully electric or a plug-in hybrid? Well, either. Yeah. I haven't been able to find anything. Yeah, fully electric, there isn't too many. I know the Tesla Model 3 tows, but I don't think it tows a huge amount. I have a feeling yeah. the Skoda Kodiak does as well, but I'm not 100% sure. But in terms of plug-in hybrids, there's a Land Rover Discovery and there's Land Rover Defender um, and a Range Rover oh, wow. Sport that are plug-in hybrids. So I would assume, given you know their robust capabilities, that they would tow. And I'd say if they have a towing capacity, it's decent. But they would be at the very expensive end of the market. Yeah, yeah. It just feels like I'm an 06 at the minute so looking to upgrade but um, not to that sort of level <laughs> The other thing is then the Mitsubishi Outlander the plug-in hybrid that's one of the original plug-in hybrids so there's a lot of those around so that you should be able to get a used one of those and I'm sure they would tow in fact, I'm yeah. absolutely sure they would. Mm. So I would definitely look at them because okay. even new, they're not like they're 40 something. So second hand, you should get something. And as I said, they've been around for a long time. They were one of the first of those um, SUV plug-in hybrids. So look at that. Um, okay. Look at those and definitely. And when the ban comes in on them, then 
No, plug-in hybrids are fine. They're oh, not. They're only the plug-in though, isn't it? Because they're technically electric. But if they're if they're not plug-in of any description, once they have a plug, they're not included in the ban. Oh, okay. Thanks, Emily. Cheers, Anita. Quick Thanks. one. Jo- here's a solution. John's wondering: um, Is it possible to hire out my Kia Sportage as a rental for tourists coming into Ireland, given the price of rentals at the minute? There was actually um, a website. Um, fleet app or something like that if you if you google it and that was about people renting their own cars to other people and to whatever so it was kind of an Airbnb right. for cars so if you google it idea. fleet app or something it was called now it was, it was started before the pandemic whether the pandemic put the kibosh on it all I don't know but it was around and definitely somebody's going to come up with an Airbnb for cars Good stuff Geraldine Herbert as always motoring journalist Geraldine thanks a million quick fire round there <laughs> take a deep breath thanks a million for joining us on the programme uh, lots of you getting in touch though with us about restaurant reviews that's next. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.